We're recording. We're recording. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Jiu-Jitsu Monk and the Apprentice. We are live, recording live, <laughs> on the second take. Moments off the mat. What's up, Lewis? What up, dude? Very good, man. So we're just sat here in the bottom floor of Iluyaku House. Right now, there's a little bit of construction work going on. We're sat in my apartment, which is a beautiful little, very unique apartment. It's got an Ecuadorian feel to it, a lot of bamboo, a lot of open brick, which is really nice. It's a nice, nice little pad. Yeah. So to give you a visualization of this, um, we have, so we have apartments on the bottom floor and then we've got like an open house, kind of cafe chill out area where we like to socialize. And at the top is our studio. Right, man. And then boom, we have a big garden and a lot of potential. <laughs> Dude, today we're gonna be exploring, uh, like it's, we're, we're titled Moments Off The Mat, but today we're gonna be exploring <clears throat> how we got to the mat in the first place and then how that has affected our lives now. So Moments Off The Mat, we have to introduce how we got onto the mat. Yeah. So, like, tell us about your experience. Yeah, so I, like we say, we like to have this podcast talking about a lot of the stuff that we do outside, but I think to give you all a base understanding of who we are, like where we've come from, we're gonna really talk about yoga in this, in this podcast. So for me, yoga started five years ago now. I was 19 when I first was, maybe I was even 18 when I was first really introduced to yoga, but my, my first official class was probably at the age of 19. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend at the time, she dragged me into a hot yoga class for 90 minutes, <laughs> which is probably not dude, like... That's insane, dude, for real. Yeah. Like going to one of your first classes being a hot yoga class, it's probably one of the most intense yoga experiences you could have. For sure, and I was also, had no idea about yoga at the time, and I was super unflexible, so. <laughs> which maybe actually that was probably... Maybe that was good, man, just dropped into the fire, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm warm, and I'm, my body can actually move into places that it's probably not done before. I remember looking, I remember looking around, and there was this one guy, he was probably about... 40, 50 years old, he was doing a headstand. Nice, man. And that was all, and it impressed me so much, and I was like, wow, I wonder if I'm ever gonna be able to do that. Uh, and he was just chilling on his head for like, well, on his forearms, and his head for a good like two, three minutes, just nice and comfortably, yeah. Dude, I remember when I first started to get into yoga, and I was like introduced to the idea of hot yoga, and I went to a class, and I'm an athlete, you know, like a big muscular 90 kilo, 200 pound guy, you know, really athletic my whole life. I go into the class, I'm new to yoga, new to the breathing. So I'm like, I'm struggling a little bit through this class. Like I'm taking child's pose and downward dog a little bit more. And then I look out of the corner of my eye and I observe this old lady. She must have been like 70, 80 years old. Just killing it, man. Just like rocking out. And she's like as thin as like her bones, you know, just like barely any muscle mass doing like handstands and like all these warrior poses and yeah. stuff. And I'm like super impressed because I'm just like, <sighs> there's a big misconception that yoga's for just for like, for like housewives and men. Right. And to be fair, most of them are. Yeah, a lot of them are. They're yeah. all badasses. And they, yeah, they super can badass. destroy you on the mat. Like, yeah. they really show you what. <laughs> and it's, it's, in, it's intense for every, every person. Right. You know, yoga's not, you, there's not there's no end goal with practicing yoga so whatever uh -huh. stage you're at if you're a complete beginner or you're a pro it's still just as difficult it's interesting the culture is changing too i feel like yeah, like we got a lot more men getting into yoga in south america it's really rare that men do yoga it's kind of viewed as a feminine thing but like 
it's starting to become a little bit more and more popular. You're seeing a lot more athletes, a lot more physical guys getting into and that's it. it. So. When you have these big sports stars that are saying, well, actually it's the fact that I've consistently done yoga is probably a big, a big factor into why I'm still able to move like I am. Like you could be a professional footballer at like 40 years old and, and you've got it a little bit down to yoga. So it's worth checking out and investing. For sure. And, and that was something, you know, I, I played lots of rugby when I was a kid until I was 22, 23, and I was stiff as anything. I was quite, I was pretty strong, but I was pretty stiff, and going to yoga made me aware of just how much improvement I still had with my body. I think guys in general are pretty much more stiff, like whether they're doing jujitsu or any other sports, like they seem to be much more tense than a woman typically is. Like they have much more natural flexibility, just the way they hold yeah. themselves, I think. More muscle, more muscle, more opportunity for stiffness. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for a lot of people it's like that. Yeah. So that was when I started doing it and I maybe do it because I teach, I've been teaching yoga for a year now. Um, and I started going like once every month and then once every two, three weeks and it got it down to weekly class. And then when I left my job after, uh, after seven years, I knew I wanted to go traveling, but my plan was to travel and do yoga and, and still continue with like doing lots of fitness and still improving in different ways. So I ended up going to, a, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, ended up going to a a castle in the southwest of France, which was being created into a yoga retreat. Yeah, so this story is awesome. <laughs> it brought lot, it brought lots of yogis. Yeah, you man. Know, which was perfect for me. It was it's funny because they advertised it on on yoga trades, and I mentioned this in the last podcast. So there's lots of yoga instructors there, but no real, not that many kind of painters and decorators come. <laughs> but it made it a beautiful experience. It's interesting, man. That would be like super almost ethereal is that the right word like you go there and you're like you're in this magical castle that's being restored you're in this beautiful countryside in france yeah 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 in france like the countryside of france is gorgeous from yeah what I've I, seen. Th- I think we all we all agreed that there was like whilst we were there like nothing else existed <laughs> the world was just a <laughs> castle man you're <laughs> like old school was. knights in the dark age man <laughs> like knights of yoga yeah <laughs> And and the girls there, the the yoga teachers, they they really encouraged me to go and do my teacher training. So I was awesome. I was kind of against against doing it. I I said that you need to be kind of dedicated. You need no. I was like, you know, I threw in ten years. You need to be practicing yoga for ten years before you you can start teaching yoga. Um, uh, and also the other thing that held me back was my my mobility. I just thought, how can I be a teacher if I can't really demonstrate a good downward facing dog? But that's all ridiculous. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was a ridiculous, uh, naive mindset for me to have. And you know, without those girls encouraging me, I probably wouldn't have gone to do my yoga teacher training. You, you know what's interesting is that, like you mentioned about like having ten years going for you, like before you actually thought about going into teaching yoga. I think a lot of people have that mindset. But what's cool is that, like, if you go into a yoga class. And a yoga teacher just says, hey, like, this is the way the pose is, like, we're supposed to be, like, striving for. But, like, I can't do it fully. Like, but this is what, <laughs> but, but it's honesty, man. Like, it's like we all have these little spots where we're not going to be super flexible or perfect with the way our bodies are, sort of, like, you know, transformed and stuff. Like, you know, so it's, it's awesome. It's good to see a process and, like, openness about that. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, and it makes, yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I said, lots of people are in different stages with their body and 
one thing that opened my mind up when I did the yoga teacher training is actually there was lots of things that I could do that a lot of the other students couldn't do and vice versa everybody yeah, has their yeah, strengths sure. everybody has their weaknesses so to go in with a mindset that oh no you're not ready now, even if you're thinking about it and you've been practicing for a while like the teacher training makes you ready that's why you yeah. do a teacher training it's pretty intensive mm. too yeah, yeah. That's kind of interesting, and that all ties in with, like, our um, apprentice and the monk, man. Like, you went to, like, basically, you could say you went to school to be a monk, <laughs> a yogi monk, <laughs> kind of. And you're an apprentice at the same time. So even though you're a teacher, you're constantly learning now, and, like, you know, you've never fully arrived. You're always learning and exploring, and that's awesome, man. That's a good way to live. Always learning, always exploring. That's exactly it. You know, you could be a... For, so for some people they'll come to my class and I can tell they're probably a lot more experienced in yoga as I am so I'll lead the class and I'll say look you know you can you, you do what you've, you want to do you know, if there's anything your progression that you want to do like you're open to it a class is it's, it's your class to take you know it's your practice so if there's somebody that's a beginner then they can follow along if there's somebody that's pretty pretty advanced then you're then, you know I'm open for them to do kind of what they want their time to be on the mat so you got into yoga because, like, you thought as an athlete, as a rugby player, as somebody who's into sport, that, like, you could maybe improve your athleticism, your flexibility and stuff. Like, do you feel like it's varied, like, just, like, a huge amount? Or do you feel like, how do you feel like that affected you after you went to the yoga training? Or it just did yoga in general, actually. You began a, a nice practice. Yeah, I, it made me a lot more, a lot more mindful of the, of the, the exercises that I was doing in the gym and things like that, I was I started to explore functional training. Yeah. Which is ideal, you know, because you're you want to you want your body to move in the best way as possible. You know, you, and it's not about how big or small you are. A lot of the times, it's about how well you can move and adapt. That's true, that. man. And, you know, and like playing lots of rugby, it's a great example of that. A rugby a rugby team consists of fifteen players. And you get people that are like six foot seven, like two hundred and fifty <laughs> pounds of muscle, and then you get these people, guys are oaks, man. Yeah, you get people <laughs> that are like sixty-five kilos, and you're all playing on the same pitch, and you're all playing together. So, <laughs> but then it's like, okay, how can you be the best in that position? Right. Yeah. You know, be functional in that position. So, that's helped me. But with like all people that practice yoga, I went, I went to a class, and after the class especially with a 90 minute hot yoga class, you get that natural high that you have after a practice and it makes you aware there's a little bit more to yoga than just the, just the physicality. Just the physicality Absolutely, dude. Exactly. And that, <laughs> and that gets people hooked. Yeah. That gets people hooked more than the exercise. Dude, I went in into it as an athlete kind of in a similar way. Like I had a scientific approach and like an athlete's kind of approach. And the science behind it is that like, I really believe that science is showing more and more like the uh i don't i don't know like it's kind of teaching me at least uh, like a better way to be fit a better way to be healthy and it's like transform my view of like what health and fitness means so um uh yeah so like doing yoga like definitely was like that was my approach kind of similar but yeah definitely doing yoga after a couple of weeks like it transformed like the way i viewed yoga yeah like it wasn't just another workout for me you know for sure so for sure and and you start to explore it and you practice you practice other other styles of yoga and and these things start developing yeah so 
Like, dude, you went to India? You went to India for your teacher training. Like, what's something cool, like a cool experience you had in India? Like, anything. Like, culturally, yoga class related, anything. Something cool. I'm willing to go there The forever. weirdest thing that happened to me, and we were talking about um, synchronicity the other day. And uh, so we would, we would practice yoga from Monday to Saturday. Pretty intense, like seven, eight, nine hour days. And on the, on the Sunday, I would rent a moped and I, was, I would ride around. And I, got, I was just purposely getting lost, like cruising around. As long as I had the sea on my right, <laughs> I'm going in the right direction. Right, yeah. Um, is the traffic, cra- is it crazy to ride a motorbike there? It's South, it's South Goa. So the, South Goa is the southwest coast of India. And it's really relaxed. Oh, okay. It's really chilled. You have South Goa and North Goa. North Goa is a bit of a party town. They've got different legalizations with, with drugs and stuff like that. And then South Goa is just a lot more empty. That's the kind of place I think. I mean, dude, I've seen photos and videos and documentaries of India. And that place looks really super beautiful, man. I, like, I definitely want to explore, so yeah. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I go into South Goa. I, India's massive. Yeah. There's so many different places and it wasn't a real it was a rep, it was a true representation of India, but there's so much more to see and like when you get these highly, highly dense populations of people in these cities, like I can imagine it's a completely different country. So did you yeah, I can imagine. And I didn't dude. see I didn't see this. But what I had a but I was there for the yoga. I only had a month in India and it was purposely for the yoga because I had something else to do the next month. But I, I had this moped and I was driving around and I must have been driving for like two two hours and I and this is no word of a lie, I had <laughs> I had a thought that came into my head. I looked I looked at the um, fuel gauge and it hadn't really moved and I had this thought that came into my head, maybe I'm out of fuel and a second later the engine cuts out and I'm out of fuel and I turn around the corner and like I'm in the middle of nowhere and there was a guy and there was a guy there, I asked him where the fuel station was and uh, he told me so I started walking and then he actually came back out and gave me some fuel and it was enough to fill up my moped that's awesome and it would I would have been in a spot not I would have been in a reasonably sticky situation I ended up going the way he told me to go to the petrol station to fill up completely and it was it was like it was like a 10 minute bike ride on, Whoa, on yeah. the moped so that would have been a quite a yeah, a you had to push your moped for it would have been less, more like thirty hours or thirty minutes or something. You <laughs> yeah, know? pretty far. Yeah, pretty far. Did the guy speak English? Yeah. So in India, it's really interesting. Right, India has fifteen languages. Yeah, that's pretty. Diverse. One of them is English, but because they all speak different languages, everybody speaks English to have a common language. Common language. Yeah, which I really enjoyed because. Um, it was, I, I often feel a little bit guilty going to countries when I don't know the language. Yeah, me too, And man. as a result of that, I'll be quite reserved. I'll only kind of speak when spoken to. Right. Um, but in India, everyone speaks English really, really well. So it's great to just have open conversations with everyone. I had a roommate from India in college. It was pretty awesome getting to know him and le- learn a little bit about the culture. But yeah, like his English was really good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Like very intellectual English and spoke pretty well. So yeah. that was awesome. So when, when did you learn? When did you start practicing yoga, should I say? It's kind of an interesting story. Like, so I kind of told you I started off as like, I, I love science, so I investigate everything scientifically as much as possible. Like I get into the science, whether it's like, we're talking about cellular stuff or like biology or I don't know, just results of like, 
tests and stuff. Like I, I just love science. It's like this curious thing that I have, like I always have. So as an athlete, I would begin to investigate scientifically, like what methods are the best kind of methods? Like what are gonna help me to be the best athlete I can be? What's the best for my overall health, for my mental health, for chemical balance, for everything, you know? And I had been doing jujitsu for a little while and there was this girl, lady actually, grown lady. <laughs> she had a family and everything, but I call everybody girl, <laughs> boy. So, but yeah, she, she was a teacher, an instructor of yoga, and she kept saying, you should try yoga, you would really like it because it would help balance out all that you're doing with jujitsu and Muay Thai and stuff, and it would like make your body feel better, and you just like, you trust me, you would love it. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I could see the positive like benefits of like the flexibility or maybe the movements and stuff like getting a well-rounded body and stuff like that. And so like she just kept on like not harassing me about it, but like really like being that consistent like voice about like you should try yoga, you would love it. So one day I decided I'm gonna go to her class and just try it because like she's a good friend. And so I like, I was like, I trusted her input. And I just wanted to try it, like I was curious. So like I had been practicing a few things that had yoga type movements in it, so I was kind of familiar with it and I thought, yeah, this could be really beneficial. So yeah, I went to a class, I bought like this package of like unlimited classes for one month for $50 at this really nice yoga studio, which really was. And I was like, dude, if I wanna try yoga, like this will be a great opportunity because I can go every day, I can go two or three times a day if I had the time and energy. And so I was like, this will be great. It'll help me get on the right path for my physical, like uh, recuperation from all the toil and hard work of like jujitsu. So, yeah, I went to try it out and I remember like what got me hooked is kind of similar to what you were mentioning. It's like I went into the class, I was doing the poses and I remember she was like the instructor was my friend and she just was saying, you know, like we come into the class, we come into the mat and we're often thinking about what happened just before we got here, how our morning was or what we're going to do after the class. What kind of things do we have on our agenda to do today? What somebody said, what we're going to say. And she goes, just for now, like when you're on the mat, just like, just let it be you and your mat. Like it's your time, like to just kind of let those things go for the moment, you know? And so like, as a person that really enjoys learning, I was like, okay, I trust her. I'm just gonna like, listen to what she says and follow her. So I started uh, just practicing that throughout the class. And I remember there was this one moment where we were in a pose, holding a pose, and I can't remember what it was, it might have been like Warrior Two or something, and I just like, I had this little really quick flash of an image in my mind, and it just made me really super happy all of a sudden, and I burst out kind of like with a little laugh, and then I remember like everybody in the class kind of like looks at me and they're kind of like, huh, and maybe I was more self-conscious than they were like judging, you know, but like still it was kind of like, oh, I don't want to disturb anybody's like peaceful moments that they're having, you know, so I'm trying to like be, just be calm and, you know, let, let everything go, quote unquote, you know, but it was really powerful because like in the, the weeks to come, like I started practicing this mindfulness and this breath, like at home even. And I would be doing dishes or something, which like dishes are not my favorite thing to do. Like I hated doing the dishes. And like there was a lot of other areas in my life I really wasn't quite happy with. Like I wasn't happy with the amount of pay I was getting. I wasn't happy with the amount of hours like that me and my wife were working. 
I wasn't necessarily happening where I was living because it was winter time and it was like depressing. It was just super gray and cloudy. The sun wasn't coming out. And so like, I really wasn't like happy, so to speak at that time. Um, I wanted to like change my circumstances to feel happier. But in that moment, I was practicing this mindfulness and just watching my breath while I was doing the dishes. And I had a, like a kind of like a similar moment. And I had this awareness of like, this is what it means to be happy. And for some people, maybe like that's like, maybe that's like, okay, yeah, whatever, dude, that's not a big deal. But for me, like, I had like, man, it was just like, it was really meaningful because it was the first time like I was like consciously aware of being aware of the like, this is what it means to be happy. Like you can be at peace with yourself no matter what your circumstances yeah. were. And that was extremely powerful to me, man. That's a really big thing. It's finding stillness and finding peace in whatever situation you're in. Yeah. Whether it's washing dishes, whether you're driving in a car, and even, even doing a podcast, like you might be able to hear like bangings and stuff that's going on you know we can't control we can't control the, what, what's going on that, that surrounds us and today i'm teaching a yoga class uh i was in shavasta and there's this there's just this noise going on and i can it was just not stopping it's really loud it's really disturbing and at the end once we finished the class i just said to the girls like thank you for thank you for being patient and practicing with the noises that you can hear like in an ideal world you know you would practice yoga in a, in a beautiful setting man. right like singing a screen set a screen saver setting exactly with sound bowls and beautiful voices and right nice smells but in, in reality <laughs> life isn't like that and yeah. it's trying to take whatever situation you're in that little that little bit of peace that you can find and allow that to carry you through it throughout the day. That's super, that's super profound and powerful, man. Like I've been exploring those ideas of stress and like how different things that are uncomfortable can really be a powerful tool in your life to like make you a better person, to enjoy your life much better. Like it's been really powerful journey, man. Really powerful exploration. Seeking that discomfort is something, you know, you don't get a lot of return in your comfort zone and seeking that discomfort, whether you're pushing yourself quite hard in a workout or, you know, you're being tested with like relationships and things like that. But you know that you get a lot from the discomfort. <laughs> yeah. Dude, these hammers are going crazy yeah. behind us, man. <laughs> these guys are working. They're back to work, everybody. Um, so like, okay, so this is like, what are like, what are a few things or like maybe a couple things, whatever it is that like you feel like off the mat, what has yoga done for your life? So off the mat, first thing yoga has probably done for my life was just gave me a lot of awareness. <clears throat> it's yoga is magic, man. Like it's not, it, it, you know, if you do yoga, all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. But what happens is you do yoga and the, the practice of yoga, of coming to your breath, it strips everything away. And it's yeah. just you, literally, it's just you. You don't even have to have a yoga mat. Um, and once all that noise has gone from your head, you can just sit back a little bit and observe your life and you can see different areas where you can make improvements. But that can be physically. Probably the most, the most instant thing in yoga is the physical side, because you're like, wow, like my hamstrings are really, really tight. And, all of the, like, these people can go into this position and I can't. So this just opens me up to so much more room for improvement. Right. And then you can look at different things in your life, the way your the habits of your day, the things, the things you spend your time and your money and your attention on, and the relationships that you're in, perhaps your relationship with your food, 
things like that. So it made me really aware and you can start to improve these different aspects. So that was probably number one. And then uh, I think number two, I would say, would be, would be balance. And it kind of does fit in with number one. It's just a case of having a balance of all of these things that's going on in your life, as well as you know, having balance with your body, being able to hold yourself in these positions. And then the third one for me is, a lot of it is breath. Yoga is, yoga is all about breathing, you know, I'd say 80% of it is breath work. If you were just to come to a yoga mat and you were sit, sit down and just consciously breathe, it doesn't even have to be a particular breathing technique, just conscious of your inhalations and your exhalations for 60 minutes, you'd feel incredible. Yeah. So it's all about coming to your breath. Yoga teaches you how to be mindful with your breath in these weird situations, in a, when your body's in a difficult place. And then it's learning these techniques and being aware of your breath and taking that into your daily life. You know, taking what you learn from yoga off of the mat. And if you're in a difficult situation in a car, if you're being tangled up in a, in a jiu-jitsu mat by an opponent, <laughs> you need to know how to come Dude, to your breath. And it absolutely, makes a big difference. man. Huge difference. Mm. Yeah. And what about for you then? Dude, similar, similar, yeah, because I think the breath work has been one of the most powerful things. Breathing and like learning the about the breath and what it does to the body, what it does to the mind, what it does to your chemical balance. And learning just quite frankly, like the as a culture in this era, in this century, for some reason, it's like we forgot how to breathe, man. Like, and it's amazing. Like I was just mentioning this to you earlier, is like Sometimes you're in a moment and it could be like a semi-tranquil uh, situation. It could be reading a book or it could be somebody sawing really, really, really loudly. <laughs> and you realize this tension begins to grow in your body and in your mind. And you're like, what am I stressed out about it? If you think, take a second and think about it, you realize that you're just not breathing properly. There was no real reason other than like your breath that you're not you should be stressed out. Like I, I think about it, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm having a good day. Like, why am I stressed out right now? And I realized that the not breathing properly puts like a certain kind of tension on my mind and like my my physical body. So, man, breath work has been huge, and a, dude. A, a really quick <clears throat> experiment that most people can do, maybe not so much in Ecuador, but if you're in the, in the Northern Hemisphere when it's cold, you're on, so you have cold, like you can be stressed in lots of different things. And stress is actually, positive you know yeah, for the sure. stress responses that you have are natural healthy things mm -hmm. so undergoing different types of stress is good long-term stress is, a, is another another story but for example if you're cold cold exposure is a type of stress and what your body what does your body do you will start shivering now right. if you were to focus on your breath right you will notice that you stop shivering and that is all that's an automatic stress response that you can do that just shows actually right now my body's stressed i'm cold i'm shaking you focus on your breathing and then five six ten breaths later all of a sudden your body stops shivering yeah right. it means that straight away it can change it's interesting yeah super powerful like I, I think like it's interesting the more I like I, th I would have to say the mindfulness like taking away I mean look at the name of our podcast we're talking podcast we're talking about moments off the mat you know and I would absolutely have to say that mindfulness has been one of the biggest transformation in my life it's like I'm a really I have been technically and like analytically like just like trying to figure out things in life and live my life 
and I don't know why, like I tended to go more towards the braining kind of side of things than the heartfelt things. But like recently, like because of doing these practices and doing mindfulness, practicing it, it's changed my approach even to life. Instead of like trying to analyze things in a, like a statistical, scientific, mathematical way, like I'm able to just see things a lot more clear. I'm able to like proceed with like my heart as well. It's kind of interesting. Like that mindfulness, like really changes my perspective on like on the world dude or at least how I relate to it I think I had these views before but I just I didn't know how to function in the in that but I mean it's a practice yeah it? yeah exactly yeah, I, I get that I get that yeah so so let's go so going back to my the yoga teacher training that I did I would say to anybody that like is interested in doing a yoga teacher training to go for it there was 10 of us, I think, in my, in my class, and only three of us actually had the intention to go and teach. And I think from those three, just two of us uh, I've, that I can see from social media and all these connections that we have are still teaching. Yeah. You know, it's a really good way to, to deepen your practice. I think it's just great for your own practical understanding, you know, like just to understand, like, dude, we've lost connection in our modern era of like what, how the body works and uh, how the breath works, how balance, chemical balances and like all these kind of things, self-compassion, compassion towards other human beings. For some reason, it's like we've lost touch with this. And it's interesting that like these yogis and these teachers, like, knew this all along like thousands of years ago <laughs> yeah it's kind of wild that we've lost touch with that it's interesting yeah we build up lots of associations with things you know and that we that we think we need them to improve our life and some things are great you know some things can supplement your life and really help you but some things are just attachments and, yeah. and again yoga is a great way to like strip all those back and just come back to homeostasis you know just you by yourself the human body and then looking uh, at what things might you might be holding on to that you don't right. necessarily like support you anymore and then yeah. you let go of those things absolutely i found that to be true as well yeah and you've seen the we watched the clip i think it was a jp sears video the other day about like spiritualism or attachment or something like that and he was advertising for this uh promotion for a book he's wrote oh, and yes, like on the back yeah. of it is like buddha writes a a little like excerpt or something like about how he's craving about the book and he's like this is an excellent book like uh, something i can't remember what he says something about like i something i don't want to let go of or something like that <laughs> it's just hilarious man yeah, and quote is the buddha jp sears oh yeah the buddha yeah. <laughs> quote the buddha yeah. <laughs> jp sears is someone great he's he's a how would what, what did he originally start off as? I was, I was introduced to him as like a comedian, but like he had like these serious kind of videos that he would like, they would poke fun at things, but they were like, but serious kind of trendy yeah. topics, like a typical comedian, but he put them in such an interesting light. Yeah, he was, I think he started off as like a self-help kind of person. Yeah, and yeah. And he found uh -huh. his, he found his humor and he, and he actually <laughs> realized that by joking around and making these stupid videos, which are not stupid, they're no, they're, hilar really they're hilarious and intelligent. And at it's the same super time. informative. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, 
and he takes the piss. He takes the mick out of so many different types of people. For example, he takes the mick out of yogis. He'll right. take the mick out of vegans. He'll take the mick out of people that are coconut oil coconut, users. Yeah, coconut oil, and then all the way over to people that are all like are pro guns and stuff like that. Parenting. Funny things about parenting and relationships and really stuff. Really funny. So, and he's like awaken with JP. It's yeah. What he likes to call hilarious. Yeah. You know, he takes the mick out of himself, and you what if you watch one of these videos and you take you take something personal and offense yeah and that's almost the, the like you know then then you have a problem <laughs> you, you associate yourself with these yeah. things too much these yeah. labels that you put on everything yeah absolutely yeah as he, he has a hilarious approach i like his little playful he's like talking about serious topics but it's like super playful and like entertaining at the same time and it makes you think too it's not just like dumb entertainment it like it makes you think about some things and kind of yeah. prioritize a little and, and not being too serious about everything is probably something that I'm guilty of like being a bit too serious <laughs> all the time <laughs> like definitely um, yeah it's just having fun being playful and joking around with what you do and I think yoga has opened that up for me a little bit again. I feel more like a child. Like I have more of that playful curiosity in life and I want to play in life more. And uh, like here's a great example. Like it's funny because like, like I don't know, we seem to like want to control everything, you know, and like we want to be like super serious. Life should be super serious. But like it was funny, like we were talking about, well, I was studying this mindfulness, uh, like meditation and stuff and it's talking about just watching your breath and not trying to control it. And it's funny how often just by watching or observing something, we like want to make it, like control it. So we like try to make it what it should be instead of what it is, you know? And like, it's been interesting. The more I let go of like that type of control, the more I've like learned to play in life. It's really interesting. I can just like let things be as they are. I don't have to have to put a label on them or make them be what I want them to be to be happy or like to enjoy my day and stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah, being playful is something that's super important. I think that's a bit of the philosophy that we have here, like with the styles of yoga and jiu-jitsu and what we're doing here at Iliaku, you know, it's it's about enjoying and having fun whilst you're learning these new skills. Right. And if you're not having, and like I think you you said, like if you're having fun whilst you're learning something, you learn something a lot faster. Yeah, they do a lot of reports on that that say like the more like the like the more geared you are towards having fun when you're learning something, the easier it is to learn. That's why a lot of like language learning schools and stuff use games. And yeah, I mean kids they learn by games, you know too. But for some reason, and as adults, we like we decide we want to learn by books, which kind of is crazy, you know. Yeah, and it, like looking at a child is a really good way to to. A, a kid gives you lots of inspiration, you know. They, yeah, only eat when for they're, sure. they're, they only eat when they're hungry. They want to mess around all the time. They want to be playful. They they say stupid stuff. They never take anything seriously. Like they don't care who who they offend. Not not so much who don't care who they offend, but they they're just, less self conscious. Yeah, of, like, they have a lot less filters. Yeah, and filters are great. Again, word. with the physical body, you know, you yeah. have this as a baby. For me, for me, for sure, like I went through like my adolescence whilst I was doing a lot of rugby and almost stiffening my body up, losing all of those benefits that you had as a baby. Right. And going back to the simple thing of the breath, if you look at a child and it's lying on its back and it's breathing with its belly, you know, right. it's not, not breathing with its chest or shrugging its shoulders. Again, go back to that, that's what we're all aiming for, you know? That reminds me of the story about like the, the guy who was um, traveling in India and he said that he came across these really awesome carvings of elephants 
and he asked the artist, he's like, how did you make them so look so realistic? Because these look amazing. These look like an actual living elephant's face. They have the wrinkles and the creases and like the everything look just like an elephant. And he goes, it's simple. I just take away whatever is not the elephant and what I'm left with is the elephant, you know? Like it's, that's been my discovery for my own self. The more I practice yoga and the more I practice mindfulness, it's not about like adding something to my life. It's about taking away all these restraints and all these filters and all these ways that like baggage, so to speak, that I've added onto my life like yeah. throughout these years. These man. things you hold on to and, and you know, emotional emotional traumas and things like that, they you hold you hold on to these in, in your body. These stresses, they don't go away. And these physical stresses and you have areas of your body that are super tight. And going back to when you said about how you started laughing <laughs> when you were doing your first class, like right. it's happened to me so many times. And if you're opening yourself up you know, yin yoga is a type of yoga which is very still. You hold these really difficult positions but on the floor, so they have minimal muscle activation. But they really work into your joints. These One of my favorite styles of yoga. Yeah, actually. me too. Me yeah. too. And you can you can get into these positions and they make you quite vulnerable, especially if you're working like on your shoulders, your hip flexors, something that is culturally very tight and you come out of it and you're releasing all of this energy that you just let go from the stretch and for me that can come out in like in in form of in the form of uncontrolled breathing which feels like laughter it sounds like laughter you just kind of laugh out or what yeah and and i'm like laughing (laughs) also i'm laughing because i'm kind of aware of what's going on it's funny and you just gotta let it you gotta let it go (laughs) yeah it's an awesome journey man like dude with like practicing mindfulness it's like it, like you were mentioning about the characteristics of children and stuff and like how we if we get back to that kind of lifestyle like I think we can learn a lot from the children because they can reteach us how to live properly and in, in proper relationship and so like kids don't have very much shame they're not carrying around shame so if they like what if it happens if they like fart in a yoga class like you know what I mean or like you know burp or you know they say the wrong thing and they're not taught to be ashamed at first. It's like, it's kind of like this trained response and we've culturally kind of taught them that, like as a society, you know? But like getting back to mindfulness kind of like lets that all go. And I'm just like, I'm not very ashamed anymore, you know what I mean? Like I don't walk around with a bunch of shame and if I do something silly, it's fun, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, you just gotta, what's the point? And a lot of the time it's, it's your, your reflection. I, I heard something that said, uh, you, what, you think, I, I'm going to butcher this, maybe I shouldn't go into it, but it was essentially saying that how you, how you think people perceive you is how you perceive yourself, so it's the it's you perceiving somebody. Self-projection. Yeah, it's self-projection and it's, and, you know, you're, you're the person that you think, you're the per- that's it, you're the person that you think the other person thinks you are. I think that's often true, man. Yeah. I think yeah. I found that to be true often mm-hmm. i don't know if it's always true but like i think there's a lot of truth to that i think yeah yeah, yeah. so if we're going to wrap this up what's your give me a tip for yoga <laughs> someone that's for for two for two years been practicing what would you give somebody for somebody who's been practicing oh for me for who's been, been practicing, practicing two, two years. years yeah uh man just approach it like a kid have fun don't like d- judge yourself like just Think of it as a game. Think of it as yourself. Like you're giving yourself time to play, to be human, to be live, you know? And so I, I try not to take anything, fitness, health, any of that stuff too seriously. Like 
I do take it seriously, you know, but like at the same time, like it's life, man. The point of all of these things are tools to help you live an authentic, healthy life, man. And that's all we care about. So like, I don't know, have fun with it. Don't yeah. judge yourself. Don't judge other people. Just let all that stuff go and go have fun, man. Nice. Yeah, that's a very good tip. I'm a fan. Yeah, being authentic is something big. As, as from a, being a yoga teacher, I just try and, to try and be authentic, you know, lead, kind of lead by example. Um, and often that's enough, you know, that's enough. Uh, really, and if I was to give a tip to anybody, I'd just, you know, you might say cliche, but breathe. Like focus, breathe, yeah. Focus, try and focus on your breath. And if you're ever in these difficult situations, a lot of studies have shown now that six breaths, just six conscious breaths is enough to really change your, change you physically and mentally and put you in a better state just after six breaths. Dude, yeah. And like start off small too, man, because when there's a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves, I think, and I even do that sometimes too, you know, but like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be something, you know, like automatically or right away. Like I should be this person. I should be doing this. Like let that stuff go, man. Just like go play. Take five minutes to do yoga. Take five minutes to do breathing. Take two minutes yeah and see if you like it <laughs> yeah like start with two minutes and see what happens to your life you know exactly yeah. uh, you know I listened to a lady and she was a psychiatrist and she was really giving people a lot of uh, life advice and all she asked was people to meditate for two minutes a day and like you say just two minutes makes a big difference huge difference yeah, man. dude all right so if people want more information over these buzz saws what can we give them man like uh, yeah, like we got some Instagrams and so podcast beams and stuff. Our Instagram is Moments Off the Map. So you'll find us on Instagram at Moments Off the Map. My Instagram is Lewis Etheridge. It's L E W I S E T H E R I D G E. And for you? The Jiu Jitsu Monk. The Jiu Jitsu Monk on Instagram. And that's all I have right now, really. So. Yeah. Instagram's my favorite, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, picture speaks a thousand words. It does. Nice, okay, so we're checking out from the west coast of South America. All the best people. Anything else? That's all, man. Everybody enjoy your yeah. week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience with these noises. <laughs> <laughs> Dig through it, man. Go through it. Let's put a hammer to the nail. Keep hammering. <laughs> yeah. As Hammer and Keynes would say, man, let's keep hammering. Right, peace out, people. Later.